0: Hello ladies and, well, gentlemen. if there's any gentlemen listening. Welcome to the third episode of the Our Society podcast. This week I am talking to you about metabolism and starvation mode and if you have damaged your metabolism. It's a little bit weird this week because I'm recording but I'm also videoing so I don't really know where to look or who to speak to, I'm just gonna address you both, uh, both the laptop and the camera. So I thought this would be a good kind of podcast or video to do because lots of people tend to see metabolism as this one kind of system that we can really affect or sometimes that is broken or that we've damaged or is super slow or super fast and works against us. So this episode is going to aim to kind of demystify metabolism, talk about slow fast metabolisms, what you can do To uh, speed up your metabolism, if you can do that. If it can't do that, what definitely doesn't do that. Um, and also looking at what happens within the body when we diet, um, and looking around the kind of terms like metabolic damage when we diet. So, what is metabolism? Metabolism is an umbrella term for all of the chemical reactions that happen within your body. It's not just one system. I think people will picture it like a little hamster on a wheel that like speeds up and then slows down and then speeds up and then slows down like that's not really how metabolism works um it is a set of reactions in the body and it's not just about burning calories it is basically your body's systems for keeping you alive so when we're talking about metabolism in terms of Fat loss, fat gain, weight gain, um, energy production, stuff like that. We look at it as um, your total daily energy expenditure. So that comprises of different factors. We start with your BMR or your RMR, which is either your basal or your resting metabolic rate. Now this is influenced by your age, your height, your weight so your body mass. Um, and this is kind of misunderstood term in terms of people think that those that weigh more must have a slower metabolism and those that weigh less must have a faster metabolism. When actually, when we look at BMR of somebody who weighs more, they essentially have a higher bmr because they weigh more their body needs more energy for its processes and to keep it alive and to move around day to day so the more you weigh technically the higher your bmr is so the bmr we can't really affect too much apart from changing our mass so by adding lean tissue or by adding fat we are essentially giving ourselves more space to have more energy um Our body mass is metabolically active, muscle a little bit more so than fat, however, whichever you gain, fat or muscle, you're going to need more energy to feed that tissue. Uh, Then we move into thermic effect of food. So food costs energy to be digested, protein has the highest thermic effect, that's why we kind of always harp on about it in increasing your protein intake. Um, And obviously... When we diet, we eat less food. Therefore, we're having less thermic effect of food. When we weigh more and we are eating more, we have a higher thermic effect of food. Again, playing into the fact that we can essentially eat more energy, eat more calories. Next, we've got NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is basically any activity that is not exercised. So me now on this video, doing the robot. It's a really bad robot, but it's costing energy. <laughs> Walking around doing your shopping, having sex, depends how long you last, uh, all these things that aren't exercise um, cost energy and this part of your total daily energy needs and energy expenditure actually contributes more than your exercise, which people tend to get confused. People t- seem to focus so heavily on the exercise that they're doing, how much calories they burn within their weight session or the circuit class or X, Y, and Z, when really you could focus more on the activity you're doing in the other 15 hours of your day um, and get a little bit more bang for your buck. So that's your neat. Um, and then we've got energy expenditure, which makes up the smallest percentage of your daily energy needs. Um, and that's in a nutshell. What we refer to when we're talking about our TDEE, total daily energy expenditure, or our total daily energy needs, or our total daily calories. And these are what we need to maintain our body weight, to maintain homeostasis, to maintain our normal functions and our set point where our body wants to be. So what happens when we start to diet or reduce our fat mass and our body mass? Um, there are some changes in our body, in our metabolism, in our hormones and it's an evolutionary adaptation. It's something our body does to help us survive um, it senses that there's no energy and then these kind of adaptations take place and this is when we get the whole slowing of metabolism. So starting out um, to lose fat you will need to decrease the the amount of energy you're taking in or increase the amount of activity or energy that you use what we're trying to do is take ourselves out of energy balance and into an energy deficit so the energy that we have is less than the energy that we are expending so that our body needs to use our body fat stores and sometimes our muscle mass stores to break down and use for energy so obviously as we then enter into this energy de- deficit, and the body senses that there is a lack of energy. There are things that start to happen within the body, essentially to stop us from starving to death. So there will be responses in hormones. So your hunger hormones will increase, ghrelin will increase, to make you feel hungrier, to drive you to eat. Your satiety hormone leptin which is also responsible for your energy expenditure that will decrease so you will find it harder to feel full again driving you to eat and it'll also start to subconsciously reduce the amount of kind of neat and activity that you do in order to preserve energy at the very extreme stream levels it can then start to shut down systems in order to preserve more energy such as in females we can see um amenorrhea so a loss of period because the energy that is used for your reproductive system is being held back because there's such a shortage of energy so this is what we call metabolic adaptation the body is adapting; it is essentially becoming more efficient at using the energy that it's got to stop us from starving to death that's why when you enter into a fat loss phase and you drop into an energy deficit your body then adapts it also needs less energy because it weighs less and you will start to plateau so if you want to carry on losing fat you then either have to reduce your energy further or increase your activity to stay in that energy deficit and this is what some people get kind of confused with starvation mode starvation mode is kind of a dramatic interpretation of a starvation response there is a a starvation response within the body to being in an energy deficit or dieting nobody is immune to starvation so if you're the type of person that has thought or has been told you know if you eat too little your body will stop um burning energy it'll start to store its fat and you'll gain weight like this doesn't happen you're not immune to starvation you're not immune to the law of thermodynamics you know nobody ever came out of lockdown having gained weight and said oh lockdown was terrible gained so much weight i just stopped eating and It piled on, like that didn't happen, that is not a thing. So just want to bear in mind, starvation mode, that magical phrase, is not a thing. It's just a bit of misconstrued information around a starvation response, which is a thing. So when we diet, we've got um, our BMR dropping with our weight that drops. We've got our hormones kind of trying to work against us, and preserving energy, so we are adapting to the energy that we've got. So then we need to push forward more with even more activity or reducing our intake even more. In terms of how fast this happens, uh, we hear a lot about crash diets are bad and you shouldn't diet aggressively or fast, you know, it should be slower. In terms of these adaptations, metabolic adaptation, hormonal changes, whether you do this Fast or slow will not change the extent to which it happens. If you diet faster, these adaptations will happen faster. If you diet slower, these adaptations will happen slower, but not to any greater ex- extent. Um, think about an elastic band. If you pull an elastic band, it doesn't matter if you do it really quickly to there and ping it back, or if you do it slowly, there's still the same tension, it's still going to go back to the same point. So um, that's quite a good analogy to think of when you're thinking about fast or slow um what you need to think about when you're doing fast or slow rates is your preference your goal is it time scaled you know are you going to be able to put up with these adaptations and these extreme rises in hunger and these drops in satiety and, and things like that so that's the only thing that you would really contemplate when thinking about should i do it slow or fast um it doesn't mean that you're potentially going to ping back and gain more weight just because you crash dieted that's more of a psychological thing than a physiological thing and all these things that I'm talking about in terms of the adaptations to your metabolism your hormonal changes as soon as you come out of a diet and go back to maintenance or even to a surplus these things are reversed so the down regulations that we have in metabolism are reversible and they are reversed by increasing your energy um, and and essentially gaining weight again so it it sounds so counterintuitive when you say how can i boost my metabolism when i'm dieting well actually the best way you could boost your metabolism would be to gain some weight or gain some muscle um which obviously you're not going to do when you're dieting so then thinking about that what can you do to kind of reduce or work with these adaptations if dieting And if fat loss is your goal, how can you kind of help your metabolism? Um, So if we're talking about the causes, what causes um, these adaptations, obviously... Dieting and being energy restricted causes it. So, what you could do, if you have the time, is you could implement some diet breaks, which is like one to two weeks of being back at maintenance, not being in an energy deficit, letting your kind of hormones upregulate again, having more energy to move around more, and then go back into a dieting phase. There was a really famous study, the Matador study, which looked at this. Um, and basically there was two groups. One group was a straight deficit, one took some diet breaks, and they were dieting um for obviously twice as long and the guys that did the diet breaks had better outcomes um so that's something to think about however if this is like a photo shoot thing or a body bodybuilding thing you might or a holiday or a wedding you might think about just going straight deficit um and in that case what you could implement there is some refeeds now refeeds is just overfeeding of carbohydrates there is some research to show that the the small overfeeding periods of like one to three days of um, carbohydrates can increase leptin um or stimulate more leptin and leptin is the hormone that is probably the key player in the down regulation of energy expenditure and the feelings of satiety so if you can have a one to two uh, three day even break from that more of a psychological break than anything um get moving a little bit more feel a little more satisfied, then go back into your deficit, then that can definitely help. So there's some things to think about. If we're thinking about the kind of effects that this this metabolic adaptation, this regulation of metabolism has when we're dieting, what can we do day to day is, well, what things are going to happen? We're going to be hungrier. Well, we can eat more protein and we can eat more low energy, high volume foods. And um, We know we're going to feel less satisfied. So things that make us feel more full, like fibre, like things like potatoes and oats and if you go and look at the satiety index, look at the foods that are quite high up on there that are gonna help you feel fuller for full longer. Um, there's gonna be a loss of some muscle, so increasing your protein intake um more regularly throughout the day is definitely gonna be something that you want to do. It's definitely something that I I get you guys to, to implement. Um, And then if you know there's going to be a down regulation in your energy expenditure and you're fidgeting, you're moving around, then you're going to have to actively plan and be proactive in your activity. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean doing cardio, which is what lots of people are led to believe. That actually might kind of play into a little bit more muscle loss. Um, It might just be daily activity, getting out for another walk, stuff like that. So those are the kind of things you want to take into account when you are dieting and you have this slowing of the metabolism which is a natural response and you're going to get it no matter who you are but as soon as we stop dieting we come back upwards we've got this upregulation again and um, if you want to kind of have a faster metabolism we find that when we're Purposely trying to gain weight and going into a surplus, that's when we have this faster metabolism in the sense of we can afford to eat more and we have more energy to move more. Our training and our performance is probably going to be better um, too. So, when you're kind of sitting in your office thinking the slim girl in the corner that seems to eat all the time must have a really fast metabolism, um, technically, the less you weigh, the slower your metabolism. And the more you weigh, the faster your metabolism. What you're not seeing is what the diet's made up of. Is it made up of a lot of protein, a lot of high full high volume, low energy foods? Are they really active? Do they exercise a lot? All these things are gonna play into how well your metabolism works. When it gets a little bit more complicated, is when we have what's called adaptive thermogenesis. Now, this is adaptations beyond the normal kind of metabolic adaptation that we get from dieting and we tend to see this when when we get to around losing 10% of our body weight we have this further adaptations further reduction in energy expenditure um, and it can mean that if you have already lost a significant amount of weight oh you are joking it's gone off again oh the video's gone off Anyway, I'm going to carry on. If you've already lost a significant amount of weight and then you go back into a dieting phase, you may have to drop a little bit lower than you did before or a little bit lower than somebody who's maybe starting out at the same weight and activity level as you because we've got this further reduction in our metabolic uh, rate and the metabolic adaptations that we normally see. Um, So yeah, I hope... That's demystified some kind of things for you. To add on to that, things like, you know, fat burners, skinny teas, metabolism boosting tablets, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. The only way that you can really help your metabolism is by eating more regular protein, being more active, building some more lean body mass, getting enough sleep, which is a massive one the only real thing that we see a physiological increase and it's very very slightly increase in metabolism is with caffeine but it's not big enough to warrant you going and having seven cups of coffee a day to raise your metabolism a little bit because then you're going to impact your sleep and then you're going to impact your appetite and then you're just going to be stuck in a bit of a shit show so wouldn't recommend that just take my word for it there are no things that you can buy in a bottle or in Holland and Barrett or from an influencer on Instagram that are going to boost your metabolism. It's going to drop if you diet, it'll bounce back when you stop dieting, it's going to go higher or raise if you go into a gaining phase and when you drop back to maintenance it's going to come back down to baseline again. You can't break it, you're not broken, the only thing to be mindful of is if you have already lost a significant amount of weight, you may sit between 10 to 20% lower than the usual BMR um, and the usual TDE when you're calculating it. Hopefully that simplified things. I haven't rambled on too much. Any questions, drop them in always and I will see you for the next episode.